Podcast, the podcast that helps you level up your role-playing game. Tabletop, LARP, mush, everything in between. We're not better gamers than you, we just all have different experiences to share. And maybe we can help you have more fun at your role-playing game, because the only way to win a role-playing game is, is to, to have, have fun. fun. I'm Ryan, I'm the curmudgeon, and joining me as always is Carrie, the legend. Hello. And Jason, the favorite. Oh, I'm also the one. Is devastated. Have you heard about Taco Bell's decision to discontinue everything? The seven layer burrito, the spicy potato soft taco, grilled steak soft taco. So many options and choices are just gone. Anything with potatoes in it is gone. They have the cheesy gordita crunch, and that is all that matters. Uh, I think it's gone away. Nope. Uh, nope. The Cordita Crunch is just okay. Uh, it's the best thing on the menu. I don't know. The grilled but, cheese thing is pretty good they've got right now. I will also admit, though, even saying that it's the best thing on the menu, that may make it just okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, I, I once said that you could go into Taco Bell with $20 and just carry the store out on your back. And that's not as true as it was in the 90s, but it's damn close. It's still pretty true. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Scott's well, favorite dinner is four bean burritos. Before we get into things, uh, let's talk about our Patreon. We have one. You can go to patreon.com slash podcast and uh, volunteer to help keep the show on the air. The uh, money there goes towards buying our equipment and paying for our domain and our uh, website hosting and our podcast hosting and all of that stuff. All the equipment. Yeah. And so uh, anyway, you can also get free, you get free stuff. You get postcards and prints and books and stuff like that. And it's really cool. And also you can get a shout out on the show, like the people that we're about to discuss. Well, what is that level of? It's the wizard level. <laughs> the wizards. Josh Heath. He's my favorite wizard. Hi, Josh. <laughs> Josh is with Werewolf the Podcast. We also have Joel Eastland. Hi, Joel. Who's also one of my favorite wizards. Salim Halabi. Hi, Salim. Oh, my God. Somebody got your last name oh, right this week. Oh. I think it helps that I forgot to pull the notes up. There you go. Because <laughs> reading this almost makes it harder. Yeah. It's just my, my brain. So apparently bad. Jason is the favorite wizard right now because mm -hmm. that was pretty magical. <laughs> and Ryan Martin. Yay, wizards. Drew Stevens. Ryan Galliato of Byways LARP, which has been running plenty of online events for people who are looking for that sort of thing. And if you yeah. listen, if you listened last week, uh, we were talking about how he has those awesome face masks that, that match his bow tie. Yeah, super dapper. Ooh. And uh, he shared the link for where he purchased those mm -hmm. on our Facebook group. So, so you should go to go find us on Facebook and check that out. So he's a fashion wizard. 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 Cameron Pruitt. Who's who's my favorite favorite wizard? Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Is he still sending you Pepsi's? Uh -huh. 
he does every once in a while. Okay. He takes care of me. He's a good guy. Yeah. Um, what about Noah Coltrane? Glad you asked. Everywhere he was going was closed for COVID. Oh, okay. That's fair. Wow. Yeah. And uh, then who else do we have? Then finally, we have the patron wizard of the podcast. Well, if you'd like a shout out on the podcast, we'd love to give you one. All you got to do is go to patreon.com slash podcast and pledge at the wizard level or higher, and uh, we will do so. When last we left our intrepid adventurers, we were sitting here at this Zoom meeting software recording a podcast, and we're there again. Jason, what have you been up to? Uh, let's see. Did I tell everybody that I had to get the COVID tests last week? I don't remember. I, I had to get so. tested, but I wasn't, I was fine. My brother has it though, and he's been sick. Took him, he's finally getting a little better, and that's taking him a week. Uh, uh, also, I learned at work that one of the people that does announcements and stuff is convinced that it's called COVID. Oh. So he said, everybody's got to get tested for the COVID if they get exposed to the COVID. Yeah. So that was a good day. <laughs> and not, then not for him. Had, uh, not, well, he had he totally oblivious. No clue. Oh. Uh, wouldn't it be weird if it finds out he listens to the podcast and says something to me at work tomorrow? That would be great. <laughs> Thank you, jerk. Uh, but seriously, they uh, also, we found out that somebody who had been in the break room, like one of the other carpenters, uh, he tested positive. Oh. He had to get tested because of, he found out that somewhere he had been, a person had popped. He thought, well, I'd probably better, you know, because I work around people, I'm around people all the time. Uh, I better get tested. And uh, so he couldn't come back to work until that he got a re- negative result, like same boat I was in. His result was positive, which meant that about half the people I work with are sent home right now because anybody who had ever been within 10 feet of him in that week is off work until their tests come back. Did this screw is, up your D&D game? Yes, it actually did. <laughs> two people in the D&D game were uh, exposed. Hmm. So we, we don't know what we're going to do this week. Goodness. Um, the other problem with that, the, the weird silver lining is that I, he, me and him don't have any days that overlap because we both had to be out for COVID test stuff. So <laughs> I, I was gone when he came in. And by the time I got back, he'd already had to leave to get his test done. You're safe. Uh, so I get to, yeah, I'm safe for now, but I, I predict in the future there, it's going to, we're going to have to have more frequent testing. Right. At, at, at work for sure. Cause you can't shut down a nuclear power plant. We have to have it. Yeah. And but at the same time, uh, there's 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 been talk about having to actually pay us to be off some just so that you know is it's gonna everybody I work with are pretty good guys uh, and girls and they're very honorable is probably the best term. Like you know, as soon as I knew that I had a possible exposure, I immediately turned it into work. Right. Because right. I knew I didn't want to expose any of these people. It's one of the benefits of being in a union is you think of these people as like uh, your brothers and sisters. You're in a, a group with them. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's literally a fraternal uh, order. It's a fraternal order. Mm-hmm. So uh, this other guy, he felt the same way. He didn't want to take any chances. As soon as he heard that he might have been exposed, 
He immediately didn't come into work and he went and got a test on his own. And most of the people will do that, but it's only ever going to take one person who's just like, "Ah, I'm probably okay. I really need to work this week. Or even someone who just doesn't know. Right. You know, I mean, well, it's like that guy worked two days before he found out that one of the people that he had been around had been exposed. Right. Uh, so anyway, uh, work is crazy. So what's uh, what's your life like, Carrie? <laughs> um, I just took nine pieces of art to the local gallery. For Ooh. A show. So that's is it anything nice. I've seen? Uh, I mean, it's all, all stuff that's been done this year because it's a lockdown show. Okay. So the theme is just things that have been done, made since 2020 started. I like that. That's um, clever. Yeah, yeah. So I took all of my, the anxious pet portraits I did. Right. I brought all those in. I took the monkey oil painting I did in, some postcards, you know, just a bunch of stuff. That's cool. yeah. yeah. What is the, what's the gallery doing for their uh, social distancing cell? Um, I think they're just allowing so many people in at a time. That's good. Yeah. I, you know, and asking people to stay six feet away, I'm assuming. I don't know. I'm not going to the show, so. <gasps> hey. That's a, that's a wise decision. Yeah. yeah. But you should go out to her show and buy something. Yeah, but everyone else. <laughs> oh, no. We <laughs> use your credit card, so we the money. No, if, if if anyone wants any art, they can just go to my Facebook page and talk to me, and I'll get it to them. Realfunstudios.com. Yep. What about Ryan Farcelli? Mm. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been mostly trying to navigate uh, what to do about sending Dakota back to school. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, our, okay. your your situation is a lot worse than mine. Yeah, our local school, our county school board here uh, are a bunch of idiots who were convinced that this was all going to blow over. And so they didn't start planning really until about a little over a month ago. And yeah. their plans are lacking. Um, and so and what plans they did develop, they don't really have time to do properly. Uh, I you know, we live in uh, southern you know, protect my liberties, Tennessee, where uh, everybody is convinced that this is all just a democratic hoax that'll go away as soon as the election is over. And so nobody takes masks seriously. And uh, it was just, it was embarrassing and sad when we went to the orientation for her. And uh, Mm. we just, we just have some real concerns. And, you know, uh, the truth is the kids at school are probably fine. Uh, you know, between, you know, they've found that kids don't transmit it as as heartily as adults do. They don't carry it as much as adults do. They don't get as sick as adults do and all of those things. The real problem with, with the school system thing is that these kids are going home to parents who don't take it seriously. And those parents are going to Lowe's and Home Depot and Walmart and everywhere and refusing to wear masks and, and picking up who knows what. And, and that's the... The danger, and then they're sending their kid to school and pretending like, "Oh no, we we haven't been around anybody. Everything's fine. Everything is fine," you know. And how many parents do you know sends their kids to schools with fevers now? Right, exactly. So uh, you know, it's it's kind of a it's kind of a worrisome joke, and so we are exploring some homeschool and virtual school options. Uh, it's not ideal. I really want you know my kid is very social, and she really wants to be around some other people and things. 
Um, but uh, I know she loves me, but she's tired of me. Yeah, but at the same <laughs> at the same time, I just don't know that I'm ready t- to risk it to risk that. So you know, right. so we'll see. So we're just trying to suss through those options. You know, there is one silver lining to all this. Walmart is requiring masks now, right? Right. And uh, because of that, uh, the lines are way shorter because there's yeah. people out there who will not wear masks. They right. think that killing them. Uh, and in particular, a friend of mine lives in Dunlap, and uh, they said that it was like going to Walmart at 3 a.m. It was wonderful. Oh, wow. Well, you <laughs> know, there was nobody there. I so Carrie, don't get mad. When I went to uh, <laughs> when I went to I went to a re- local restaurant last week to pick up food for me and Carrie and Dakota for dinner one night. And I put my mask on, I got out of the van. And as I was walking towards the door, uh, this, you know, I, I don't want to call him a hillbilly, but he was, he definitely walked out and got into an old pickup truck that he surely had a shotgun hidden behind the seat of. Uh, but he, he walked out of the restaurant as I was walking in and he went to his car, opened the car door so that he was halfway seated in the seat of the truck right with that car door between us so that he could be brave uh and as i opened the door to go into the restaurant he shouted at me and he said uh, he said get that damn thing off your face fuck you and i was just like all right <laughs> like I, you know it was it's just crazy like but that's that's where we live you know and uh, and i didn't tell you i didn't tell Carrie because yeah, it, i would have it would have really pissed her off. Yeah, but... I, would, I would have got in the car and went look for him. Yeah, because I'm I'm done. Yeah, but I'm was... like I, I feel I feel like I'm looking for a fight now. I'm like, come on, give yeah. me a reason. I'm just I'm done with all of this. You know, it feels kind of crazy that uh, like we're a role playing game podcast and we're not very serious. But for the last like little bit, we've had to be like, as a reminder, everybody, black people are people. Also, diseases are real. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> just yep. as a reminder. It's just crazy. The earth uh, is round. Yeah, the earth is round. What else do we need to cover? Oh, oh I don't know. All right. Well, let's go to let's go to combat rounds. All right. Welcome to combat rounds. Today we are joined by our good friend Dan Comstock. I just like saying his last name because it sounds dirty. <laughs> it's good. Hi, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I'm the first person ever to make that joke. Yeah. He's never, <laughs> he never heard that in elementary school or high school at all. I like to let people think they did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dan's been on oh, the show boy. before. We had you on like a year and a half ago when you were getting yeah. ready to run uh, the Magnificent Goat LARP. Yes. A different time. You, the UK <laughs> LARP award-winning international LARP project. <laughs> Goat LARP. <laughs> Woo! I, I didn't win any awards, but we got nominated for every category. Thank you. Goat Did LARP. you really? Really? You, got- well, I, you know, the, the Goat LARP herd is very loyal, and they, they, they submitted Goat LARP very loudly for every category. So at the UK LARP Awards, it was really sweet. They, for every... For every single category, they're like, all right, best LARP prop. 
you know, do, do you guys want to hear what Goatlark said they deserve this prize for? You know, they would read some people's entries. It was like the running joke of the, the show. It's, oh, that's it's cute, watch. though. That's fun. You know, no, yeah. uh, no, what is it we say in, in PR and communications is no press is bad. I mean, you know. Yeah. So, although press is, press can be bad. If your LARP, <laughs> if your LARP gives everybody the COVID, that's probably right. bad. Yeah, don't, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> Well, real quick for folks who maybe have joined us this year or whatever, why don't, why don't you let us know a little bit about what Goat LARP was? Because it was a pretty unique and cool project. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we, you know, my friend Dan and I, who co-ran it, Dan and Dan, um, we, uh, we thought LARPs are, you know, they're very serious and they're very technical and they require a lot of work. And like people would probably have just as much fun if it was just a field with a bunch of goats in it. And so we, and then, uh, then, uh, you know, a couple hours later, I vomited forth this idea that had just been percolating, which is why don't we run a LARP for goats? Why don't we run a LARP where the goats are the players and the humans are the NPCs that are running LARPs for them. And we just run crazy adventure scenarios and pretend the goats are playing them. And uh, so it's kind of a LARP uh, that you're running a LARP, you know, like it's, it's, we're LARPing that goat LARP is real, you know, but, um, right. but largely, but you also show up in any costume you want. It was, uh, it took place, uh, it was a one day event at a goat farm in Redding, Connecticut. And, um, uh, it was, it was just a really awesome day. Like everybody showed up in like wacky costumes, uh, everybody treats their each other's costumes as if that's real, you know. So I'm Jon <laughs> Snow, but I'm talking to a Martian, you know. And and, um, and then um, I had this big stack of like activity cards that you could, you know, or just like concepts for little games you could run for the goats and games you could play with each other and stuff like that. And then as as players do this, it fills up the goat happiness meter, and they go from insanely depressed to marvelous, marvelously ecstatic. Uh, and and then finally, uh, the event ends with. Um, uh, you know, a buffet and uh, a huge bonfire where we all burned our uh, old character sheets and shitty treasure we got during the year of LARP and, um, <laughs> and drank a lot of beer. It was a great day. That's amazing. <laughs> Tell me how you pitched this to a goat farm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, well, you know, I called up a bunch of goat farms and I said, uh, uh, you know, I, I've got this like you've heard of goat yoga. I actually, I specifically looked for farms that ran goat yoga. Cause they would because, be open to interaction with. Yeah, yeah. I knew that they, you know, they probably have friendly goats and they're set up to accommodate people, you know, and, um, and the, the, whoever runs goat yoga has got to have a sense of humor. So, <laughs> I, um, uh, so I found this great, uh, this great goat farm in Redding, Connecticut with some very, very sweet goats and uh, an awesome woman who was really excited about it. And her, her mission was like, I just want people to come to the farm and look in the goat's eyes and have like a real experience. Aww. And I was like, I'm so, I'm so glad I met you. <laughs> We're going to get along very well. <laughs> That's amazing. What sort of, what sort of conflict resolution? Go ahead. I was just saying it was so beautiful. It worked perfectly. So this uh, is just the... a, yeah. a little bit of activity card was just enough to get people interacting with each other and the goats. And it was, uh, it was perfect. So this is the plot twist. Jason actually went to go. Oh, yeah. Well, we have an episode where I have uh, a few interviews. Yeah. From Goat LARP too. Yeah. Live from Goat LARP. That was awesome. <laughs> what did so you were th- one of several podcasts at that game too. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. We were the only uh, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess the other podcast is technically from the future. It, that's you know, true. That's, that was a podcast from right. the future. Yeah. The, the, the woman running it 
pretended like yeah. she just came back in time from the future that go you know like the bill and ted's excellent adventure future except for it's goat larp transformed the world right. and now she's going back in time to see how it all started and how their whole culture was born that's amazing did you did you uh, do like yeah. did you do approvals for characters for these npcs no. totally wide open uh Although if you had a, you know, you know, you, uh, when you registered, I just had a little box where you could fill in what, you know, what you were going to play. And, uh, you know, like about 30 random people got uh, kind of special activities written for their characters if something struck me. But, you know, <laughs> you know like somebody was going to play a hobbit and I was like, all right, so like, you know, you know you've got to find the, you know, what the, the, the goats also want to play as hobbits. Uh, and, you know, you've got to train one goat to be the like the sheriff of hobbits and Sharif, I think hobbits call it. And you got to find the one mischief hobbit, you know, and so it's just, you're trying to set up an adventure where the goats are trying to catch each other in the act of a crime, except for the goats aren't really doing anything. <laughs> so you kind of need humans to stand next to them and act like their pocket just got picked or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> what did you play, Jason? Oh, uh, mostly a podcaster. Uh, and I, when I, Played with the goats, I played a generic vampire because that was the costuming that I had convenient. <laughs> I considered buying a whole new costume just to play, and a couple of people did, but uh, I didn't have – I wasn't going to both drive to Connecticut yeah, and pack I, new costume. Driving from Tennessee to Connecticut with it your was family awful. in the summer, you already went above and beyond. And was it, <laughs> was, was yeah. it the air conditioning broke in your car too? Yes, absolutely. Oh uh, and the chopper that I really haven't discussed before is that night we ran out of gas and something was wrong with my credit card and it took a couple of hours to get it working. Oh, oh no. my gosh. Ooh. Yeah. We got stuck uh, about four hours outside of Chattanooga for, like I said, a couple of hours. And you had to work. Hours. You had to work that morning, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't get home till like after midnight and then, you know, you sleep four hours, go to work. It's what you do. You are dedicated to having a good time. I respect that. You have to be. I'm not. Wait, you have a kid and a, a wife of 20 years. You fight for any amount of personal fun you can get. <laughs> Carrie knows. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to go paint. Don't, don't come in the shed for a Just couple hours. Paint. She does air quotes oh, when she says it. Yeah. I'm, streaming. I'm streaming. And she air quotes it. Painting. Yeah, streaming. <laughs> Dan, were so you able to play a character? Or, I mean, you know, were you able to NPC oh, yeah, character? My, my character's name is Steve Quest. I'm um, a clone of Steve Jobs, but with goat DNA injected into him. And so, you know, as all, like Steve Jobs, believe he's he's just changed the world and everybody is kind of just late to the table realizing it. But I just talked about it in just the most epic, incredible terms. I give you goats. You know. <laughs> well, you know, in a way, you did change the world because it's already got at least one franchise, right? Yes. Uh, oh. There is a, a group in the, U in the Midlands of the UK who's uh, called Wicked Goblin who are going to be putting on Goat LARP UK in 2021 sometime. <laughs> so what is that? What, what package did you give them? What does that look like? I don't want to get into the details, but uh, okay, is that you know, they, can, they can use the you know the goat larp. They're part of the goat larp family now. Okay, okay. That's I mean, fair. do you do you hand them though like the adventure cards or yeah, those I gave certain... them you know uh, like the the marketing files, the um, all the text that I wrote for the game, which was there's a lot that isn't on the website of you know, activity cards and um, you know kind of organizational documents, right? <laughs> stuff like that. If you're able so you've to, you've got another one coming up, right? 
best bets possible. Yeah, you know, I mean, I don't, at this point, I don't think anybody's thinking that LARP's going to be happening in October, but uh, I technically have a, an event booked for October called Village of Idiots, and it is a, uh, a comedy LARP. I don't think a lot of people have run anything like this before. It's, I, I made up a lot of how this is going to work, so it's, it's a big experiment. But um, I'm going to get uh, a pair of improv comedy teachers to come run like a pregame workshop and teach people about improv comedy and slapstick. And, uh, and then the game is about being in this village where uh, like this is kind of like this you know, medieval village that like people get like banished to if they're like too incompetent to do their job. You know? And so it's this village of idiots. And uh, so you're either playing an idiot or one of the people that's stuck with these idiots that's like over it. <laughs> and, so, uh, and so you sign up for a specific uh, like village role. Like, you know, there's a, you know, a, um, a priest and a gambler and a town guard and a thief. And there's a couple tickets available for each role. And then um, uh, 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 and they all kind of play together in different ways. And, you know, you get like a kind of like write up about how it, it, it interacts and, you know, and, and then during, we'll have like this big pregame workshop where you kind of develop your shtick with everybody else. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of roles that are supposed to play together that you'll kind of get to rehearse like how it'll play out during the weekends in advance. So that kind of works in a nice smooth way and everybody can improv against each other. You know, like for example, there's like a thief and a guard and a um, lawyer, a bunch of lawyers and a judge and a jailer. You know, and like, so obviously they're going to have some interaction during the weekends, but how exactly that happens is, you know, uh, up to the players that are playing it. And, and then one other um, thing that kind of organizes everybody is our game's version of alignment is based on Muppets. You have, um, you know, the, in any, the comedy double act really is, uh, uh, you know, the, 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 the slapstick and the, the straight man, you know. So we've got the order characters and chaos characters. And order characters think that they are in a serious fantasy movie like Lord of the Rings. And the chaos characters are, you know, kind of fourth wall broken and they don't give a shit about what's going on. You know, they're a little bit sillier and stupider right. uh, and uh, uh, zanier. Oh, yeah. And then the other, the other, there's a faction of adventurers. There's two groups of adventurers that have come to the town. And part of the idea is uh, the idiots are, you know, as one of the villagers, you can't really, like, get your job done without help because of reasons you know, that you come up with <laughs> and um uh so one of the ways that you can get your job done is by tricking the adventurers into doing it for you so there's people who are playing adventurers and their characters think that they've arrived in a standard fantasy larp where somebody's going to ask them to save the farm from goblins or whatever but in fact uh there are no goblins there is no danger and it's just a bunch of villagers and, you know, masks and costumes trying to trick them into, um, you know, <laughs> picking up the garbage in the woods and, you know, <laughs> paint my fence Tom Sawyer type activities, you know. <laughs> oh, this, this, you have to cover the paint, the, the, the fence with goblin repellent paint or we'll all die. Oh, hero, you're painting that fence so well. <laughs> it sounds to me like you're literally running the world of Monty Python. Yeah, in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's it's very much like the the peasants from Holy Grail. Yeah, uh, and uh, other similar historical frippery. Oh, <laughs> where did, where does an idea like that come from? Um, you know, part of it was just you know, like uh, Goat Larp was so much fun, and it was just like wow, like so many larps are aimed at creating this like really epic experience. Like you feel like you're you know this you know, powerful character that just changed the world. But like, actually, like sometimes it's the little stuff, the 
little interpersonal stuff is way more memorable than when somebody tried to make this thing really cool, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, and, and also I, I, I want to get away from games where the GM is micromanaging everything that happens, you know, like I, like I personally, like I, you know, I've got a stack of D and D, you know, notebooks where I've got hundred page, you know, plots and stuff like that. I've, I've spent so long, like, you know, really trying to tell a good story, but like, it's, it's a little bit too controlling, you know, like players, RPG players are some of the most creative people around and, and they, uh, games often don't utilize the creativity that they have, you know, and, and a lot of LARPs too, you know, a lot of, a lot of LARPs are set up in a way where somebody's organizing the adventures that you go on or the, you know, the plot that you're going to consume and they, you know, set up the NPCs so that you as a player can kind of walk into this adventure situation and make some choices. But, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, and then they have to like very carefully disguise all these guardrails to make sure the game ends the way that, you know, that would be satisfying for everybody. Uh, And, and uh, man, some, you know, sometimes you, you play a game that doesn't have those structures and you're like, wow, that was, that was maybe more fun to not have a GM running adventures for us, but we had tools to create the kind of drama that would be fun to explore in the game. Right. Or, um, you know, like, you know, when, when it's not getting micromanaged as a player, you have like a little bit more authority to kind of create an atmosphere around you and, you know, things in different directions. And I find that really rewarding, you know, like, like as a GM, like I like to be surprised. That's, I, you know, so I always try to set up situations where something's going I won't know what it is, you know, and um, that's really hard to do if you micromanage, but it's really easy to do if you, you know, kind of just give people a bunch of toys and then let them coast, you know. So Damarung does a lot of this, right? Yeah, Damarung, uh, which is another game I help run, um, is also like a very player-driven narrative game. And it's you know? very and, epic and, feeling, correct? Yeah, but, that one is is supposed to be really epic. It's, it, it's uh, that Can mm-hmm. I just say real quick? Uh, sure. Damarung! Damarung! Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, it's that podcast. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Damarung is also a game where uh, we don't write a lot of like specific plot for the game. We write really big, broad strokes that you can use to kind of incorporate into your personal story that you're, you know, and we give you a bunch of tools to develop a personal story for yourself. You know, like we have, um, one of the things we really believe in is we have a, a pregame workshop where everybody is at a character, gets together in the same space, and we kind of just, at the beginning of the game, just go over like kind of what the themes of the game are, what kind of things to bring into your role play. We do a couple of like, character warm-up exercises to get people into the, the kind of body acting that we like to see in the game. You know, walk around as your character and see if you can express who your character is just by your walk. You know, and then like there's a part of the workshop where everybody's just making eye contact with each other and reacting to expressions and stuff like that. It feels feels very silly, but it means that as soon as the game begins, everybody's like really immersed and like really like playing with each other. It uh, mm-hmm. you know, it really broke the ice. You know, um, but in that workshop space, we give people the tools to build their own weekend plots with each other. You know, and, and we help organize people in a way that that kind of facilitates that, like. Everybody that came here because they want an epic fight to the death and they want at the end of the weekend, they want a chance to be dead. Go over to that corner, you know, and now everybody that wants to fight, but they don't want to be to the death. They want like kind of lower stakes, you know, (laughs) go to this corner, you know, and now everybody that doesn't didn't come here for combat. They came here for just making friends and companionship. Go to that corner, you know, and then people who want like role play debates and verbal conflict, like go to this corner, you know, and then we give everybody five minutes to just come up with like a little hook 
what, all right, what, what are our characters? All right, I want to play with you. What are we going to talk about when we meet? Like, what are we going to build our relationship off of? Okay, well, I'm into this. And, you know, well, well that, that would bounce off me in this way. So you just get a little particle, and then it can play out organically on its own. But you've given yourself a whole bunch of hooks to, like, fill your weekends, potentially. You know, you have to act on it. No, no hook is going to come out and force you to have fun. You have to be a little bit more proactive in a game style like this. But people find it, you know, when it works well, it's really rewarding. You know, like at the end of the weekend, you get all these stories that like you really felt like you authored, you know, in a way that or they emerged in a surprising way. Um, and, uh, you know, the, you're never working against the vibe, you know, <laughs> it's like a, so I, anyway, that's that's the, the gist of Dameron. That, that sort of thing almost feels uh, uh intimidating we all you know in addition it's not just build your own plot too there are there you know we also want to provide like big structures that are really easy to participate in that work kind of like capture the flag you know Mm -hmm. like really simple games that the different factions are playing with each other that creates tension and creates stories so it's not like you have to go into the weekend and be like all right i want to you know meet someone who i will fall in love with and then they will betray me you know like you don't have to micromanage it either like you can kind of like you can just kind of play through all right, I'm, I'm a Viking and I'm going to burn a church and I'm going to have an opportunity to do that this weekend. Hey, have you, ever, Dan, have you, this is going to sound like I'm, I'm changing the topic. I promise I'm not, it comes back around. Oh, have, have you ever done any sort of text-based role play like mush or. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I used to mud. Yeah. All right. So Carrie and I have been talking lately a lot about the, you know, cause there's a lot of differences, but they're all, they're exactly the same, but completely different from tabletop and like, right. and we've been talking yeah. a lot about, uh, taking the things that are strong about mush and muds and and applying them to to larps, and and I'm struck by what you're what you're describing is exactly what we is is exactly that. It's it's a technique that we see on mushes and muds. Mm-hmm. Like characters have a wiki page, and on that mm-hmm. wiki page they'll actually a, have a hook section. There's a list of care of hooks, right? And there are you can. On some games, right. there's a command you can type to, you know, like plus RP preferences, carry. And it will tell you, you know, Carrie will write down she wants to fight to the death or she wants a romance or she, you know. All and, of the above. Right. And it sounds like some of these, some of these sort of workshop things that you're talking about to set people up and to give them the tools are the same kind of things that Mush and Muds do to empower people to do player run right. plots. And and I'm I'm struck that it's just interesting that to to hear somebody who has actually succeeded in in doing that. And I don't know if that was intentional or not, but I'm I'm seeing the strings. I love that vibe. I love that like it's a game for players. It's about the players, you know. And uh, as a GM, you know, just try to get off stage and let them have the moment. You know, I want I, I want people to remember their favorite moment from the game to be something that they like initiated, succeeded at you know, rather than like, uh, you know, some hoop I had them jump through, you know, I, I think it's, they like it better usually if they, uh, if they have some ownership of it. What kind of difficulties um, do you run into? He, I mean, cause you have to train players a yeah. little bit to play different. Right. I would think. Yeah. It's, it's, it, yeah, there are, there are definitely some constraints to it. Uh, one of them is, uh, this, this is a problem I, I call, the turd on the tavern floor was a player choice and now we have to roll with it. Mm. (laughs) And that's when you give people agency, they, they make decisions. And sometimes that decision doesn't make the game any more fun. That seems really specific. (laughs) (laughs) 
Was there some poop on a floor in one of your pasts? It wasn't the goats. <laughs> it was goat shit. If, I'm just saying, if it was a goat, then you could deal with it. But... Yeah, I guess Goldarp was the ultimate example of the turd on the tavern floor uh, being a player choice. Um, I just realized I'm terribly yeah. unprepared because I didn't load in goats goat noises yeah, goat into noises. the soundboard. Ah. <laughs> um, so and and so yeah, that's that's the one problem. The turd on the tavern floor. Sometimes emergent play surprises you in ways that you don't like or or isn't fun for other people. You know, like I suddenly decide that I'm your long lost uncle and you didn't. You're like what? You know, <laughs> how do you, or or just the product of everybody making their own character based decisions leads to a generally unfun scenario. And then the second problem is uh, that uh, plot isn't evenly distributed in a situation where players create it for each other. You know, like you kind of players that have a lot of social contacts going into the game have a lot easier time with it. And so, so there's, so those are the two problems. And and here's here's kind of our attacks at those. Yeah. You know, one one is. Um, the, the first one, the turd on the tavern floor, and also emergent roleplay, uh, sometimes it sucks, is uh, uh, calibration systems. You know, we, we use uh, check-ins for, like, almost everything at Dameron. Like, if you're going to do something that affects another character in a negative way, and it might, and you're not sure if it's going to be fun for them or not, or you're about to make a big move, you're, you know, what you do, you hold up a little okay sign, and they, they give a thumbs up, thumbs down, wavy hand to kind of indicate, like, I'm cool with, you know, so you can say, like, like, Listen, I'm gonna kid, I'm gonna drag you back to my camp and torture you. You know, and they can give a wavy hand, and you'll be like, "We don't have time to torture him. We'll drag him back to the camp, and you know, Just keep ask him questions you know, like, okay, yeah. <laughs> Right. Um, and 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 through and also, you know, like. I'll just give an example of how that, you know, working in play, you know, one of the first nights of Damarung, I'm doing this like troll thing with my group, and it's really meant to just kind of like because I play the troll king and all the, anybody who signs up to play a troll is like kind of on my court. <laughs> they, oh, is, um, that, is that a and hint? And we're, and we're, Everyone we're should come play a troll with you then? Is that what you're <laughs> yeah, trying no, to no. say? Tro trolls are a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they, you know, we're, we're doing like kind of like a celebration of like the stuff that we accomplished that weekend. And it's kind of a moment to recognize each other for doing cool stuff. Mm -hmm. And like humans hear our drums and are like, the trolls want to fight, let's go fight them. And so they show up to kill all of us, but we're like, it would actually have ruined our night if they had stomped on, you know, like people made props for this ritual and everybody was excited. For, it was a big build up to it. And if it got stamped out, it just would have been blocking us from doing what we wanted to do. Right. But in that clash with these humans, you know, we were able to kind of like give the check-in of like, we really don't want to fight you right now. And without doing a big like scene break and discuss, they were able to be like, instead of we'll kill you, they're like, we're challenging you to a fight tomorrow morning, you know, and we're like, okay, yeah, that's great. You know, it's on. You know? But, um, <laughs> um, so you use the calibration tools all the time. And, and it's, I also think it's really important to get people to practice that at the beginning of the game so that they're comfortable using all the time too. If I see somebody that's not, you know, that's drifting and doesn't really know what to do, I can kind of play with them and see if there's a way to do it. But that's like me on a personal level. Like anybody can do that, hopefully, because everybody kind of has a little bit of GM power at that game. Right. Um, so uh, the second problem, which is that plot uh, is socially moderated. If you go to the game with a lot of social contacts, you have an easy time getting plot. If you don't know anybody, it's it's a little bit harder. And, and the best way that we can, you know, we can't micromanage the game Really, like I can help you if I see you bored at the event, I can role play with you and try to figure out how I should interact. <laughs> but you know, but um, you know, like hopefully everybody can do that, and and right. everybody 
we, we try to drive the vibe that this, you know, it's a big friendly family game. We're all going to be welcoming. We're all going to, um, you know, it's, it's really exciting to clash with people. So like we can offer each other this, uh, productive rivalries and draw, you know, like, I don't know, just, just try to make it like really welcoming and, <laughs> and make it an easy place to make friends so that people can develop those, those things. Right. Okay. You said it was family friendly. How family friendly? Well, I, I, I meant that the game feels like yeah. it is, uh, Sorry, everybody's I'm, cool with each other, but, I, uh, I'm desperate <laughs> like to we're find, all cool on an out of game level. Yeah. I'm desperate um, to find a LARP that I can bring Dakota to. Yeah, and she's desperate to go. Uh, yeah, How old is so... Dakota? She's she'll be eleven in a couple of weeks. Uh huh. You know, there are parents that bring their kids. The kids usually stick right near them. Um, mm -hmm. You know, when things open up again, uh, we might we might get a a two family group and come up. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah, we have to do that. We'll think, all play trolls. I don't think things will ever open up again. I think Dakota <laughs> will lose her mind if she gets to be a troll. <laughs> so, <laughs> Hey, you know, there's the high costume trolls. What, which ones are they? Uh, uh, the guys that make the big stone costumes. Oh, yeah. One of the types of trolls you can play is a, a troll. And you've got to wear a giant oversized costume. And we don't tell you how to what it's supposed to look like necessarily. Uh, but so people have built these, like, big cosplay outfits uh, with, like, built-in sound systems and stuff oh, like that. Oh, yeah. And they're, uh, they, they look awesome. And when you're wearing a costume like that, you're also kind of like immune to normal weapon blows. Like people have to do special <laughs> things in order to hit you. So they're also fearsome. When you see one of these guys wading across the, the battlefield, they're just slagging people in waves. It's awesome. Dakota <laughs> so, would like, look, when you get hit by a creature like, like that, you've got to let yourself get thrown like 15 feet. So <laughs> it's, it's just super fun. I was going to say Dakota would be like normal person size then. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about making her a perfectly round costume that uh, where she's just a boulder with legs. <laughs> nice. Boulder with legs and a and a buffer weapon sticking out. And her name was Pebbles. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that costume. That costume rocks. Oh. <laughs> We've been talking a lot about the fact that none of us can LARP right now yeah. because of everything. What? As the only one of us that's currently involved in running LARP, uh, what is that like now? I mean, what are you, what are y'all oh, trying to do? It sucks right now, man. There's there's because there's not going to be any LARP for a while, and uh, it, it's it's really tricky. You know, we we all want to do it. It's really tough to figure out how to do it safely. I don't think that anybody's really cracked that egg yet. And I know a couple of games are basically switched over to more of a parlor LARP style, and they're right. doing like six foot have to wear a mask and all that right. which is but, weird man, because i don't feel comfortable cramming 20 even 20 people into a room right now yeah i was gonna right. say you'd think you'd be safer in a campground like outdoors yeah. you know well you were actually supposed to have one of these larps just just a couple weeks ago right was it was it uh... yeah so goat larp 2 was supposed to run uh, like a yeah last weekend you know i i do think that like goat larp maybe one of the only LARPs that could really be run, you know, while maintaining social distance and, you know, mask etiquette. Because a whatever. goat is like, like it takes place in an, a goat's like six feet long, right? <laughs> so just, everybody stay one goat away from each other. Right. I mean, the game, the game takes place in an open field, you know, and, and open fields where people are not in a dense crowd isn't really how COVID, you know, being transmitted right now, but, right. but, 
and, and, and also, you know, Connecticut, uh, Connecticut's doing pretty well, all things considered, and the state requirements in Connecticut, like, are currently allowing outdoor gatherings up to 150 people. So, like, goat larp could happen. But um, it, but it's not really about whether or not the state would allow it. It's about whether people feel comfortable playing an event, you know. And so uh, last month I sent out a survey to like all like uh, you know all the email addresses I had that are in the goat larp radius and said mm-hmm. you know would you you know you came last year you know you indicated you wanted to come again what's uh would you you know how do you feel about playing in September you know on a scale of one to five what how likely would you be to try it it, it you know providing that there would be like a list of safety requirements you'd be comfortable with and what would those be, you know, and um, only a third of the people said they would probably or definitely buy a ticket. So I, I, you know, it's, it's just not, people aren't ready and you know, that's fine. Like it's, we gotta wait. (laughs) Had you um, sold, have you sold, like, had you sold tickets for the event last weekend? I I did sell about a third of the tickets. What what do you do with that? I mean, I'm curious, not, not like a, what are you doing with that money? What you buying? I mean, but just like the, the logistics of, well, you're planning, you're planning, (laughs) but you know, you're planning a LARP and you, you've started collecting monies and you're ready to go. And suddenly the world burns, you know, what what do you, what is, uh, what do you do? So, so people that bought a ticket want to go to Goatlark, and I told everybody, like, you know, if, if you want a refund for any reason, you can have it. It was a no refund policy before, but now right. you can have a refund. Uh, and um, we're, uh, 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 you know, once I announce when Goatlark 2 is going to happen, your ticket purchase will just roll over to that, or you can ask for it back that's fine i would think most people I've had to refund a couple people most people are kind of hanging on to yeah. see what you know would, so they don't have to buy another ticket right i would think that most people are going to wait to see what the new date is before they get their money back i mean that's what i would do yeah probably i'd be like i've already this couple hundred bucks or whatever it is like i've already set it aside it's yeah. not in my pocket burning to be spent so let's just wait right. and see if i can make it when it happens yeah yeah actually you're right the only people who asked for refunds at this point or people who said I won't be living in the area by the time you run. (laughs) Right. And then, but it's scary, you know, but just, you know, to your larger point about like, what's it like to run a LARP right now? You know, I think there's, there's, um, like I said, it's, it's two different layers. It's like, is it safe? But then also like, what are people going to extend? And, you know, a couple of us are scratching our heads about is like, all right. So at some point in the future, maybe a long time from now, it's going to be, safe to run LARPs like we used to, quote unquote, big air quotes. Right. Um, we're all going to disagree about when exactly that moment is. So kind of one of the things I'm worried about is how we're all going to eat each other if, like, whoever goes first is like oh. the Leroy Jenkins that killed everybody's grandma. You know, <laughs> nobody wants to be LARP Leroy Jenkins, you know, in, in quarantine. Well, it'll be, it'll be nasty. Yeah. So, uh, like, I think it's also kind of waiting to see what happens when someone books an event, what the, like, degree of backlash is. And, I, you know, I feel really bad for people that, like, I know, I know people that, like, pay their rent, you know, from running these games. And, and not just LARPers, you know, musicians and theater people and, you know, people who, like, have put their, dedicated their life to some kind of craft and it's just kind of not going to be on the table for a while. Right. You know, and, and it's, it's, it's really hard to just be like, all right, we're, we're going to just give up my dream for an indefinite number of years, you know? And, and so like, I, I kind of, I don't fault people for trying to figure out how to do it safely. 
you know, and, and how to step through this. I think there probably is a way that we could LARP and not, you know, it might not look like we expect it to look, right. you know, but I think there's probably still a way for us to be in each other's presence and role play a little bit. Maybe it's not a hundred person event, you know, but, um, I'm planning a LARP called NASA. I'm planning a LARP called NASA on the moon and everyone has to wear full spacesuits because that feels safe. Right. <clears throat> Oxygen not included. about running a LARP that's just about hiking. Like it's like groups of people that are, you know, that can be together <laughs> hiking loops and leaving like notes for each other, like a dead drop kind of game, which is, you know, which would be based on like playing trust games and like, uh, you know, try, like exchanging illicit goods and, you know, do I, you know, I'll trade you A for B, but do I put A in my box or not? No, we, we both find out if we cheated or not later, like prisoner dilemma <laughs> style stuff. But, but I was like, you know, though, like it kind of just feels like hiking with extra steps. It doesn't feel like a LARP if you're not actually like talking to anybody, you know? Right. <laughs> but, if there's nobody to pretend that you're somebody else to, are you really still pretending? Right, right. Or are you just weirdly geocaching? Yeah, if the, if a LARPer LARPs in the woods and there's no LARPers to see him LARP, is he LARPing? He's mm. immersed as shit. <laughs> He's immersed as shit. This is a it's a blockbuster emergent immersive LARP. Yeah. You can tell because they charged you two hundred and fifty dollars to stand in the woods by yourself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you still had to pay for parking at the park too. That's yeah. And get your own lodging, yeah. That's right. <laughs> And you, then they're like, we're not making any money. Yeah. Do you uh, have any, you know how much it was to pay these trees? <laughs> Do you have any thoughts though on uh, when, when the day comes and, and it looks like folks are ready to, to start opening back up. Um, what do you, do you see, do you see LARP coming back fully wearing masks? I was just going to say, fix it, Dan, fix LARP. Yeah. <laughs> I think there will be a period of that. You know, I, I definitely think like you'll be looking at LARP photos, you know, 10 years from now and you'll see somebody wearing one of those face masks and you'll be like, that, that must be from 2021. <laughs> they'll be like, hey, uh, son, let me show you about the first time we started wearing masks because clearly they're ubiquitous now and we right. all wear them. What's happening? Uh, so you are con pretty connected, uh, you know, globally a little bit. You know, you've, you travel to Europe a lot for, for LARP and things like that. Uh, do you have any insight on what's happening with LARP in, you know, overseas? Uh, I know that the big German festivals, Drakenfest and Mythodia, both canceled this year. Okay. Like, all, all the festivals globally canceled this year. But, um, yeah, I think they're also just kind of nervous. You know, it's, it's, it's also really scary if you're a company that only runs one event a year and you have to cancel that event. Right. Yeah. You know, your, your overhead starts getting really dangerous. Yeah, Gen Con, so, Dragon Con, like those, those folks are are scared i would think right now or yeah maybe. yeah um so i don't know <laughs> i don't have any uh, additional news other than like i know uh like like a wyvern that runs drakenfest like furloughed all but two of their employees and uh yeah it's it's uh, nobody's making a living off a of larp this year so you've been playing a lot more tabletop lately tell yeah, me about the sword the crown and the unspeakable power yeah, I've been playing this great game called The Sword, The Crown, and The Unspeakable Power. It's a Powered by the Apocalypse apocalypse game, um, and I'm hooked on it. I've been playing it for, like, uh, I, think I just ran my, like, uh, 10th week of one campaign last last week. Uh, so it's uh, it's kind of like, it's, it's a role-playing game that is meant to feel like Game of Thrones. Uh, all the characters are playing uh, really powerful characters in a setting that you come up with 
yourself. There's this kind of workshop where everybody builds like a world myth together by do, doing Mad Libs. And then you kind of figure out what the, you know, what that world myth means and how it informs your setting. And that's the kind of background. And then everybody comes up with like their characters and like factions and relationships. And so it's, it's a really a game of, it's almost like a PVP tabletop. You know, it's the, the players are, the, the drama is largely the players clashing with each other and killing off NPCs. But, uh, uh, it, like the book's very explicit about the MCs, like not supposed to write the plot. You know, you're supposed to build plot elements that have a certain geometry to them. They call them uh, triangular NPCs, you know, where, where an NPC is, has a positive relationship with one character and a negative relationship with another character. And anytime you introduce an NPC, you try to figure out who the other point of the triangle is so that when that NPC is affected, it creates drama between the two characters and that escalates naturally as the game goes on. That sounds like a lot of fun. How does it, it sounds game- like it plays into your philosophy pretty strongly too. Right, right. Yeah, in these sessions, I'm trying to just stay off stage and just try to like put people into situations where they have a scene with each other, but I'm not telling them what to, ha- what to do, you know. The greatest trick is not storytelling at all. Yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, the ultimate lazy GMing, yeah. <laughs> Zero prep and just... <laughs> no, I think what Jason means is just make someone else run. <laughs> well, I've tried that. It's right. really hard. It is really hard. <laughs> you know, Carrie's about to run... Uh... No, I am not. <laughs> Oh my she's about to run rifts for us because she said i want to gain i want a simple mechanic system with <laughs> very little math i i considered gurps but i thought rifts is gonna be easier the brilliance of of these games is that somebody was just like what if we don't care what if we just tell, do whatever right. you want have a good time i sometimes like to think that the original name for rifts was eh fuck it <laughs> <laughs> we'll just call yeah we'll just call this game the Teenage yeah, Mutant Ninja Turtles tabletop was that Rifts or GURPS it was GURPS it was GURPS, GURPS, no, okay. it was GURPS wasn't it it was a Palladium game uh, no. I don't know it's been so long For uh, I'm googling it she, she's that game was like show. that game was all about just making characters you just yeah. roll on a bunch of tables and, and you would find out what character you were going to play yeah. and you'd be like i'm a mutant poodle who's a hacker and was trained by nasa okay mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Great. Well, i've Do never it. made it all the way through a uh what is it oh cyberpunk 20 it's not 2020 is it anyway <laughs> i've never made it through a whole game of cyberpunk we just spent four hours making characters for it because that was far yeah. more entertaining than anything you could do during the session Right. Well, Dan, you've got uh, at some point one day you'll have Goat Larp too, and mm-hmm. we're calling that Son of Goat Larp. There you go, uh, and oh. and then uh, there's a Goat Larp UK that is coming at some point. Yeah, and then you have Village of Idiots coming at some point. Yeah, and then uh, I don't think we mentioned it here, but you had told us that Village of Idiots is going to be run somewhere else as well, right? Oh, yes. Uh, Village of Idiots Down Under is going to be running before I get to run. <laughs> these, uh, these guys in Australia that I met at uh, Drakenfest a couple years ago thought uh, it would be the perfect lark for right now. Uh, but yeah, so, so they're running um, in Perth, Australia, where COVID has not hit them very bad. I think they said they have like 50 cases in a population of 4 million. So right. they're oh. like, kind of like, all right, let's book some LARP events. It hasn't really happens yet and that's gonna but so it, they're play testing for you <laughs> yeah basically yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's fantastic well if folks want to learn more about the games that one day you will run 
Uh, do you have any place that you can direct them? You have, is there a... uh, yeah, you can go to golarp.com or villageofidiots.com. Both of those, uh, are, uh, probably out of date at the moment. <laughs> they probably still say we're running an event, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but that's, that'll tell you all about my, uh, uh, disaster projects. That's fantastic. The turds on the tavern floor that are now accepted. Uh, that should be the next project you do. That's gotta be the name of something you do. Turds on the tavern floor. The turd on the tavern floor. That's the Powered by the Apocalypse game you write. TTF. Who will clean it up? We were thinking, when we were setting up one of the scup games, we were thinking about how easy it would be to reskin it to be about LARP runners. That instead of a king, you have a LARP owner. Right. Instead of uh, the wizard, you have the head of plot. And instead of, you know, any, and it would like take very little tinkering to make it work. Right. You've got to... I'd like to imagine that the uh, the peasants are all the is the player rep. Yeah. You've got a sheriff. Right, right, right. A sheriff who's just a yeah. rules lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> and, and instead of a general with an army, you've got like the player with the biggest team. You know. Right. Oh, wow. Wow. This is coming together. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. might not be fun for anyone but us. Right. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Great. Well, thanks for, for joining us to talk a little bit about, about the stuff you're doing and about the stuff that you hope to do one day when the world isn't still burning. Uh, and, and also it's a very cool, you know, congratulations on, uh, uh, getting, you know, these LARPs that you've, you've written run in other countries. That's really cool. The international superstar, Dan Comstock. So <laughs> I hope people will enjoy my LARPs one day. Yeah. <laughs> they will, just not here. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me on, guys. A lot of fun. Always good talking to you. All right. Welcome to to the end. It's game wrap time. What was that? I don't know. It's this is I. We've only done three hundred of these. I do. Well, that was fun. I like Dan a lot. Yeah. He's pretty, you know, okay. all right. Yeah, he's okay. Yeah. You know, it's good for his age. Oh, my gosh. Good times. A couple more episodes, and he'll be in the five-timers club. <laughs> then he, and then he gets, a, he gets a, a sport coat. I don't have a sport coat. All right. Well, uh, for those of you who want to hear more of us, you can go to honorrollpodcast.com and find uh, all of our past episodes along with some of our blog posts. You can also go to iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and all of those places that uh, hosts audio junk, and you can hear us there. We also have uh, facebook.com slash group slash honorrollpodcast, and you can send us an email at hosts at honorrollpodcast.com. Twitter at honor roll podcast and a bunch of other places. So anyway, yeah. there you go. That's all of us. Uh, also, you can go to patreoncom slash honor roll podcast too. That's the other place. That's the important that's, one. That's the important one. Yeah. But more than anything, if you listen to the show and you like it, please share the link to it on your social medias. Tell everybody uh, that you like the show. Listen, you know, share the link, share the tell link. Us we're pretty. Just share the link. Yeah. And tell Carrie she's pretty. That's oh, all we ask. Put a sign up in your front yard. Yeah. As Carrie is pretty, yeah, no, listen to this podcast. Yeah. yeah. She's got a face for podcasting. All right. So, uh, all right, Jason, you get one experience point. 
Thank you. Oh, good. More yeah. than I deserve. All right, we're gonna roll uh, on the magic item chart. <laughs> oh, all right. Congratulations. You get a dice bag that is in the shape of Mr. Potato Head. Oh, well, you, that does sound good. Yeah, that's pretty nice, right? Wait, does 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 the dice come out of his butt? Like, when you open it up and you have to shake out the parts of Mr. Potato Head? I don't know. I didn't play with I didn't open it. Oh, I just I was afraid that you meant that that somehow made the dice come out of my butt. And I was like, no. 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 <laughs> no. We are not that kind of podcast. What? <laughs> What? Crazy. Crazy. All right, Carrie, you get one experience point. Congratulations. Thank you. Yay. Let's roll for you on the magic item part. Hey, this is a good one, too. You get a ticket to a 1991 Belle Biv DeVoe concert. Ah, uh, that girl is poison. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, until uh, till we meet again. Till we meet again. Yeah, it's very dramatic. You're being very I dramatic know. all of a sudden. Right? Right? Join us next week when our topic is, why isn't there a show this week? Is somebody on <laughs> vacation in Indiana? What's going on? Anyway, until then. Tagline. The only way to win a role-playing game is to have fun. The only way to win is to have fun with Anything that shits in my silverware drawer is no longer cute. I don't care if it's a rat or a full-grown man. I'm going to kill it. There you go.